Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. This is a story about clothing. It's about clothes we wear, the people who make them, and the impact the industry is having on our world. The price of clothing has been decreasing for decades while the human and environmental cost has grown dramatically. The true cost is a groundbreaking documentary that pulls back the curtain on the untold story and asks us to consider who really pays the price for our clothing. Filmed in countries all over the world from the brightest runways to the darkest slums. It is an honor to have with us today the director of this wonderful new documentary that's coming out in theaters on the 29th of May, and that would be Andrew Morgan. Andrew, welcome to Film School. Hey, it's absolutely great to be here. Well, thank you. Um, I guess, uh, you know, the first logical question is, I mean, we all we all wear clothes. We're all kind of vaguely familiar with where they come from, um, besides a store. We know that people are involved in making them, but... Where did you? Where were you in your life and in, in in your sort of understanding of the world we live in that you decided it would be something worth exploring? How clothes are made and how they come to us, and the, as you said, the cost, the true cost of clothing. Where did this come from? Yeah, well, I think I was too. I was really kind of embarrassingly far along in my life in some ways before I really stopped to think about that question. Um, I was finishing up my last film, which was. Um, my first documentary and we were finishing that uh, I remember the morning we were done I was getting coffee and I picked up a newspaper and I saw the story of this factory this clothing factory that had collapsed just outside of Dhaka Bangladesh and I read that uh, you know already at that point more than a thousand people mostly women had lost their lives um, and I also read that at the time of the collapse this this factory was making clothing for you know really wealthy, profitable, uh, major Western brands that I knew and frequented. And I remember just having this moment where, as I was reading that article, I thought, you know, number one, how is it possible that this, you know, profitable and powerful industry is doing business in a way that uh, I quickly learned consistently is leading to the loss of life? But then, honestly, I looked down at my clothes and I thought, how is it really possible that I've never stopped to consider who makes these things yeah. and, and what their lives are like? And I, I just got really curious. You know, I got curious to understand, uh, you know, what kind of role clothing plays in uh, the makeup of our world. And, you know, just very quickly in the next couple of days doing some basic research, I was just stunned. I was absolutely stunned by what I found and stunned by the fact that in a lot of ways I feel like this is a story that hasn't been told. So from that point, it, it quickly became a film that um, it felt like I had to make at that point. Well, how does Andrew Morgan, the, the citizen of the world, uh, catch up with, or which, which maybe I have it in the wrong order, how, how does Andrew Morgan, the filmmaker, and Andrew Morgan, the citizen of the world, how does that work in terms of, okay, you've got an idea, now you've seen something, and you're inspired by it, you're provoked by it. Where do you go? Do you, I mean, talk, walk us through a little bit of that process. Yeah, well, I have, um, I have a, a producing partner uh, named Michael Ross who I work with, and I've, I've worked with on a few projects leading up to this one. And um, I, I remember just coming back, and, you know, we just have a lot of ideas that we're always kicking around. And I, I remember putting that article on the table and, and having a conversation with him. 
and, you know, doing some research and, and just saying, what would it take, like, what, what would it mean to make this film? Yeah. And for this one, one of the things that became clear really quickly is that this really needed to be global. Like, it really had to be pretty massive in its scope, because I think what, what we saw in some of our research, what had been done, is, you know, we've, we've focused on one part of this, but... I think what people experience in the film is it, it's almost an overwhelming journey that we try to take the viewer on to connect, you know, the environmental impacts, the human impacts. Like, we just kind of wanted to put all the pieces together for someone so they could sit down. If they'd never thought about this before, they could sit down and watch this movie. And by the time it was over, um, really be shocked and, and really be inspired, I hope, to, to do something. So, you know, from a production standpoint, that quickly meant, you know, pulling out a map and really looking at, okay, what parts of the world are, are key to cover, what kinds of stories are, are important in those countries, um, and beginning to put it together. I mean, it really was just a huge, huge puzzle at the beginning, yeah. and it's kind of filled in, you know? Well, and, and what you've done uh, with uh, The True Cost is what I love about great documentaries, and that is you have taken a huge subject, as you said. I mean, and we'll get into some of the statistics and some of the just numbers are, are fantastic mm -hmm. in this and in, in your telling this story. But um, you've given us the macro and the micro. So uh, so every viewer needs a, a way in to a story. And you've given us multiple way in ways in. Um, tell me a little bit about your process of kind of tracking down people that you felt were the kind of the linchpins of telling the story of the true cost. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I think from the beginning that was one of that was one of the really like anchoring ideas was we need to both zoom out to help people understand the scope and the size uh, and the severity of the impact of what's taking place, and at the same point. Um, you're exactly right. You, you can get lost in that big of a view. So we decided, you know, we need to equally zoom in on, on human beings. You know, we need to actually put faces and names uh, onto these people who can oftentimes just be, you know, facts or figures on, on a piece of paper. Um, so, yeah, when we started working in these countries, we would typically start by uh, working with journalists, um, different folks who've been active, uh, you know, campaigners or activists or people who had kind of done, uh, you know, out on the edge kind of work in some of these areas. And we spent time just building trust with them. Really, you know, I would, I would spend time just explaining, here's the film that I'm trying to make. Here, here's why I think it really is in line and going to be helpful to the people that you care about. And once I had their support, it was incredible because they would just sort of there was nothing they wouldn't do for us in terms of getting access into places that we couldn't go, into pulling people together. So, for example, in a place like Bangladesh, they, you know, we got in front of, you know, just tons and tons and tons of garment workers and, you know, through translation got to interview, um, you know, just some incredible women and hear their story until we came to uh, Shima, who's a character in the film. So it kind of began with that, like creating key partners to get access and then using the trust that they brought with them to, to find the people that just sort of resonated. And I think with all the main characters in the film, when we met, when we met them, it was like it, it just clicked. You know, you just knew they were, they were the right people. I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with the director of the new documentary. It's called The True Cost. It's coming to Los Angeles here on um, May 29th. Um, Andrew, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but 
it, do we have a theater yet, or is it is a for the yeah LA? yeah we do it, it's so on on May 29th it's going to be at the music hall here okay. in Los Angeles right. um, it's going to be yeah we're going to do a run here we're also going to do a run at the IFC theater in New York City okay. um, and that same day we're doing day and dates that same day it'll be available uh, digital on iTunes all over the world and uh, VHX directly from our website as well are you in town for a Q and A at the music hall. I, yeah, I am. We're doing we are doing one uh, that Friday night, and then uh, there's a few more after that. We've got like a screenings area on our on our website where we're yeah. listing a whole bunch of screenings all over the world that we're doing that at. And by the way, that website is true. Let's see, true cost movie, So check that out. Um, and uh, you know, it's, well, uh, there are a couple of people. You mentioned Shima, the the garment worker. A wonderful sort of uh, subject for the film. Has a young daughter. She's trying to support in the sort of in the most abject poverty imaginable, and yet she she does her best in a great sort of outlook on life and the hope that she can make a better life for her her children. And that's always the cry of the. You know, of the desperate and the you know, but the optimistic in these parts of the world. They're they've been told. You know, capitalism and jobs is the way out of poverty, and in fact, it's really it appears by almost any account to be kind of a, uh, a one of the seven circles of hell. You just can't seem these people just do not seem to be able to uh, get far beyond uh, the poverty level. But it, she was great. I also want to applaud you for putting um, the the gentleman, and I don't remember his name, that that ran the factory or owned the factory. The man who said. Look, I I'm getting pressure. I mean, I, it's sort of it's easy to vilify somebody like this, and maybe he's worthy of vilification. But he came across to me as somebody who is just part of this behemoth known as the known as the fashion industry, and unable to really affect anything beyond his little part of the world. Is, is that a fair fair assessment? And of him, yeah. And I think that's I think that's really I think that's well taken, and I think it's fair of the journey that I went on. You know, I think when I started, it was. My focus was on, uh, you know, the the garment workers, the the factory workers, the farmers, the people at the very bottom of the system, and I felt like there was a, a huge level of exploitation and injustice there, and 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 there is. Uh, yeah. But then when I got to know the folks above them, you know, the people who are like you're saying, the factory owners, um, and then you got to know, you know, even some of the people in government or brands, it. I think what the film leads to and what my journey took me to was that we have, um, all of us in in some ways, we have allowed the creation of a system uh, that's incredibly and fundamentally uh, unjust and broken. And I think part of what the film tries to do is to say, Let's you know. Let let's let's look even further than these these horrifying flashpoints or these symptoms, and let's actually try to acknowledge and wrestle with the the causes. Like wh- at the end of the day, how are we organizing our world? Yeah. Where are we? You know, what are the rules that we have in place? And and, and are they um, are they fundamentally outdated and broken? And if they are, and we could admit that together then we could really begin the, the difficult but very possible work of, of improving those things. Yeah. And again, you know, I, um, off-air conversations with people since I've seen the film, and um, I would equate this, and I, uh, we talked a little bit about this, I would equate this film to the reaction that I've had to many great documentaries, but certainly the one that immediately comes to mind are ones like Food, Inc. and, um, and Blackfish in terms of, 
you know, we again, you said we kind of know, but we kind of choose mm. not to mm. know really, really what what this is all about. Now, there's a statistic in the film um, that I'm not sure I got right, and help me out here. The uh, percentage or the one out of every so many jobs in the world is related to the apparel industry. Was it one out of six? Did I hear that correctly? Did I? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, one out of every six people alive in the world, it's estimated, are uh, working in some part of the global fashion industry. Jesus. And so that's, that's a big, I mean, that's a big umbrella because it's all the pieces and parts that touch that industry. Right. But yeah, that's, a, that's just a staggering realization of how far this industry really does reach. That, yeah, I, 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 when I heard it, and, and then when I disclosed describing the film to a friend, and I thought, that can't be right. I mean, when as I was saying it out loud, I said, I, you know, I'm going to have to go back and look at that because that can't be right. But you, and, and again, this is one of the things about true the the true cost is that you walk us through this process in a very methodical but informative way. And and the farmer, the organic farmer, the woman from Texas. I didn't, you know, it's one part of the industry I just didn't think about. Where does all the material come from? Of course, as you describe in the film, we've got these mega farms with all kinds of Monsanto, um, you know, seeds and Roundup and the rest of it. And then in the middle of this huge cotton patch, we have this organic farm with a woman and her husband who were doing it right. And that's the great thing about the true cost. Throughout the film, when you say, here's the problem. And you sprinkle in. By the way, here's people that are doing it right. Yeah, well, I think that's I, I, I think that's indicting of the problems when we step back and say, actually, we know this can be done better. This is being done better. Uh, like we're aware of it, you know. But I, I think you're right. I mean, one out of six people, and you know, this is, this industry is close to three trillion dollars a year. Um, you know, it's the second most polluting industry in the world. I think, like, the further I got into this story the more it began to hit me, this is really one of those industries that is invisible in plain sight. I mean, yes. I think if, if you're a person who cares about environmental issues, if you're a person who's concerned about human rights, you look at an industry like this, and, and I mean, the, the stats just kind of continue to stack up, like the most labor-dependent industry on Earth, employing the world's poorest of the working poor. I mean, in so many ways, where we choose to set the bar for this industry is indicative of what we consider uh, truly the most basic uh, of what a human right is. And, and, and it's so tied to technology and communication, and it's just central to our world, which, to, to your other point, is why it's really exciting. Because when you look at, you know, I think there's a lot of issues that people get super overwhelmed about, and a lot, even for me, you know, there's just things in the world that I feel like, wow, I care about that, but I don't know how I could ever really make an impact. When you look at fashion, we, we could, in very short order, make significant change in this industry. And by doing so, we could have profound, profound impact on the world. And to me, that's, that's really what's inspiring about the film. It's not just that, hey, there's a problem, but also imagine if we turned this over towards the positive, right. think of what we could do here. Yeah. And, and to that point, again, going back to my, what I was saying earlier, there are people that are doing this right, and... And it, it, you're right. I'm just what you said. It wouldn't take that much to do that. Let, let's talk a little bit about kind of what has sort of over the last, I'll say, 20 years. I'll just pick a number here. Uh, the fashion industry itself, okay? It used to be there was a fall fashion, summer fashion, winter fashion, spring fashion, those kinds of things. And they were sort of a 
they were you, there was an expectation that this is sort of the clothes we'll be wearing in some manner or we'll be looking at for the next three or four months. Tell us a little bit about the acceleration of the cycle involved in what is considered fashion today. Yeah, well, I mean, you're exactly right. There was the, there was traditional seasons that really did define the fashion year, and those have really gone out the window. And with the creation of what's been called fast fashion, which is kind of a, a parallel uh, phrase to fast food, it has seen um, an incredible business takeover of what was historically a very artisan-based, uh, creative, craft-driven industry. And what that's led to is... Um, a system that has now created um, almost a new uh, fashion season every single week of the year. Mm. And in most big Main Street fast fashion uh, stores, there's even new items available sometimes every single day. And, and at the same time, what's also taken place is the quality of that product that you're buying and wearing has gone down dramatically. So you, you might notice, if you stop to think about it, that you know your, your clothes... They, they're just, they wear out very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of the magic of that system, in addition to a really cheap quality product, has been it's, it's marched in line with, you know, the move towards globalization and offshore labor, um, which has allowed for clothing to become cheaper and cheaper. It's actually one of the only things that has decreased in price over time. So you have a cheap product that doesn't cost a lot, that you use and use up really quickly, um, so that's, if you think about that, it's fun. I mean, it's just fantastic for business. I mean, it has led to more than 15% growth annually for several years now. I mean, you've got major stores, companies like H&M opening a store every day almost this year. Um, but it's really, really problematic because it's taken fashion out of being something that we invest in and and wear and love and, and take care of and even pass down to something that is disposable. Mm. And you know, with that comes just an incredible amount of waste and incre- just a staggering amount of use of natural resources, resources like water that are becoming incredibly precious in places like California and others. Um, so you've seen just this incredible shift. And, and over the last 20 years, we're now consuming 400% more clothes, like 400% more clothes in just two decades. Uh, so, I, I mean, you, you look at how, fat, how much the industry's changed and how fast it's changed, and it's kind of one of those things that no one's quite had the time or ability to step back and, and help us understand just what's, you know, what, what the real cost is underneath that. Well, now that we have the true cost, the documentary uh, by Andrew Morgan, it's in theaters on May 29th, and as you said, also available on iTunes. Uh, that same, That's right, yeah. and uh, and I'm sure other platforms soon to follow. Um, we do have a sense. We can, I think, uh, and I th- really do think this is a film. And I mentioned Blackfish, and I, you know, I really think this is the kind of thing that uh, it won't take long for people and to to recognize watch after they as they begin watching this to know just the the depth and and the the and the uh, the width of the breadth I should say of this particular issue and and it's and it's not going to take long for them to do uh, a quick inventory on their own lives and I think that it is just the kind of thing that is is coming along at the right time um, because you're right I think there's a, a I would throw in a couple other factors and this is I'm not going to turn this into an anti-capitalist greed because 
it's just an economic system, right, that is and people are making a lot of money off of this industry. So it's not just that. But I do think there are a couple things in play here. I think that human trafficking is, is in, in some shadowy way a big part of what's going on here, moving people around the world or around countries, in within countries, to make these manufacturing industries work. I think that there's a vast amount of corruption going on right now in the world, and I think that's playing into this as well. And also, the the increasing marketing of more and more product to younger and younger people, and I think that those those that's a combination of all this that's fueling a lot of what's going on. And you also have China and India and other parts of the emerging world in becoming economically more uh, viable. So I think there's yeah. a lot of this. Does that does that particular critique sound sound accurate to yeah, you? Yeah, I, I think I think it's really. I think you make a good point, and I also think one of the most I think uh, incredible things to me um, through the process of making the film and you know talking to people not just in manufacturing and fashion, but we also spoke with psychologists and people that are studying you know consumer behavior and all that. I think um, I, I think one of the most interesting and maybe toxic things I observed was in, in line with what you're describing, there's also been a really steady shift towards uh, you and I uh, considering ourselves to be consumers. Yeah. And when you see yourself as a consumer, when, you're, when, when you live in a society that, makes, that, that casts you in that role, like, I just take in stuff, like I purchase, like a big part of my role in society is I, I purchase and consume goods it has this effect where it, it, it disconnects you from the notion that your choices actually add up to make a real impact in the world. And I think over the last few decades, you've seen business market and advertise in a way that increasingly makes us think of ourselves. And it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of a subtle shift that you can't feel happening until you step back and you say, whoa, wait a minute. Like, if, when we were buying goods and services from people that lived in our village or our town or our community, we were really careful to make sure that we weren't exploiting or abusing those people. But in this process where those people are now further away and there's a much, much larger you know, distance physically and emotionally, between us and, and the people making those things, we've really been lulled to sleep in the belief that surely someone's taking care of it. Surely business is. Surely government is. And I think the wake-up call that we're all going to have to sort of recognize is we live in a world where we make choices every day, and they impact real people's lives, and they add up to make a severe impact on the planet we're living on. And that, I think, could represent one of the most exciting, yeah. hopeful needed shifts and that goes you know that goes beyond fashion but i i think that's what you're describing and i think it's a dangerous place but it's a place that we could we could wake up and move out of as well right and i i by the way we're speaking with andrew morgan is the director of the new film the true cost documentary film you can go to truecostmovie.com to find out more about the screenings availability how to how to order it uh, and find out more there's more information there as well and i in one last element and i'll just throw into my little my little uh, dissertation on this and that is uh, that we all have a, an industry that has grown up around justification of you know free trade agreements and uh, these kinds of you know these kinds of policies that permit allow encourage this kind of exploitation of people to and by way of saying well 
it's better than nothing. And by God, you know, it's you know, eventually they'll all be middle class or some some hokum like that. Mm. So mm. so that's part of it. But also going back to your point, which is, I don't know anybody who's walked in a store. I mean, even Walmart people who go into Walmart must at some level at some point ask themselves, how in the hell can this T-shirt cost three dollars? I mean, or whatever. Yeah. What, you know, how, yeah. there's everyone's that question has passed. At least almost anyone I know has at least considered this. And again, that's what I'm talking about with a film like this. And I mean, there's a lot of other information that will be spun off from from this and from other, uh, other people. Are this is just uh, you know the pebble in the in the in the pond here in a way. But at the same time, there are ripple effects. And I and I do think that this is we're beginning to understand this. And especially, and you mentioned it. Water, 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 water. One day when there's no water to do this stuff, one day when there's when we turn on our tap water and there's nothing and nothing comes out because of these kinds of things, because of oil production, because whatever it is, a lack of rainfall, there is going to be a real big, um, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what, how it's going to manifest itself. But at some point, an unsustainable situation is not sustainable. And that's what we have, mm-hmm. what you're talking about. No, it's, I, I, I can't. I can't possibly agree with you more. And I think, you know, we've been talking a lot about the human side, but on on the environmental side, Mike. I mean, I think one of the startling things for me to understand was not 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 only speaking to water. Not only do thousands of gallons of water go into making a single shirt or pair of pants that people are using and using up very quickly. That's that's yeah. alarming in and of itself. Um, but these natural resources that are becoming increasingly precious are not even being counted. Right. I mean, they're not even. It's not that we're 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 not only not assigning like a value to them monetarily. We're not even keeping track. Like in in these supply chains, that's not even being measured or measured or monitored. And I think that's you know profoundly across the board. Like I think that's the shift that we're going to have to see in the next several years yeah. is to say you know we've been living in a system that is assuming things like we have unlimited resources when we don't like human labor can be pushed down like a commodity which it cannot you know so those assumptions are going to have to be turned over and in that i think we could we could create a profoundly more just and beautiful world i agree i agree andrew and i i'm so glad because i think that's a good place for us to to uh, end on that, I, I I couldn't agree more. And and I going back to what you just said, that's why your documentary is so aptly aptly titled "The True Cost." This this film, you know, this is it. This is what it is. You know, the, those those jeans that you you love that you just got, or I don't whatever whatever it is that you just bought, you have to consider what it actually cost, not just the $69 that you spend for it, but what did it actually cost? And, I mean, you say that about a hamburger. You can say that about a lot of things in this world, and that's where my point about the, you know, the corruption. The corruption is insidious in that we're not allowed to know. It's not total, we're funding that part of the equation, not the companies who made the hamburger or the jeans. We're the one who's going to pay that cost, and that's again part of what you're talking about in the true cost. No, I think I, I think it's it's a business model that's been built on you and I, an assumption that you and I won't care, and yeah. you and I won't ask questions, and let's let's change that. I couldn't, boy. I'm so happy to have had this conversation with you. I, again, I am I'm I am a, a disciple of your film, uh, and not just an interviewer and a guy with a radio show. I have told everyone I can uh, that 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 I know to uh, check this out, uh, and again, people who want to know more about this can go to 
truecostmovie.com to find out more, find out about screenings, and also find out about how to uh, watch it via iTunes, which I think people will know inherently <laughs> out and how that happens. But aside from that, uh, charting the progress of this film and of your work, and um, I'm just thrilled to have had the opportunity to talk to you today, Andrew. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me, Mike. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 